Are you recording already? Yeah. Oh, so you're gonna you're gonna edit this out? Yes, I will edit that long silence out. Hello, welcome back, everyone. As we're continuing season two of your next podcast, in case you're just now tuning in for the first time, it's simple. We have an older perspective talking to a younger perspective and saying hey your next young person to pass the baton on this thing called life and obviously we are two people from a christian perspective and we want our christian perspectives to move forward to the next generation in a healthy way so with that today we have a great topic and really it's it's all summed up as this what are the characteristics of a healthy church or exactly what does a church really need to be called healthy or not healthy. What is the fat on the church that may or may not be necessary? What is the fat on the church that is extremely unnecessary? And what is the fat on the church that, um, hey, it's not so bad, but it's not really what it means to be the church. We really want your input as we talk about things, whether it's this particular podcast or others. So to get a hold of us at your next podcast uh, at gmail.com. That's your next podcast at gmail.com. You can give us your input. You can give us questions. You can t- tell us other topics you'd like to just hear us uh, uh, discuss. Um, or if you have something specific for this particular podcast. Uh, we just ask that you uh, main, uh, maintain the correct spirit, the core, that uh, this is not a place where we're just going to be uh, randomly bashing people because we do have a thing called a block capability. We're not afraid to use that if things get rude and hostile because that's not our intent. Is that is that right, Troy? That is correct. So here we are. We're coming out of the pandemic, and um, and 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 the question for this pastor is: is after uh, over a year of doing very limited things in the church compared to what we used to do, the question is: um, what do we re-engage in, and why? What's really necessary? What's not necessary? Um, wh- what is it that we can learn from this experience uh, as Christians to go? You know, that really might not be so important to my faith after all, and. Um, because every time a church decides it wants to to have a new initiative, then that requires um, a buy-in level, that requires a, a commitment of leaders, that requires, and from a church perspective, a volunteerism. And the reality is, is I've talked to a lot of young people, and and they want to be involved in things that are really helping and making a difference in the world. But the last thing they want is to feel like they're in chains or in bondage to something that 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 they're unappreciated and that their time is being eaten up with things that that they really didn't buy into and I don't know am I right Troy there's a lot of young people who feel like their church experience they just feel like like they're forced into volunteerism and they had and they've got no choice and they're stuck 100% and you've heard it from a lot of young people from a lot of churches 100% I've heard it from a lot of young people from a lot of churches different churches as well they want to be involved in something that means something they want to show up because they want to be there and, and and not because they have to be there and there's an old saying which I'm okay with but unfortunately if it's not uh, used in the right in the right context, it, it also gets old. And that old saying is, we don't have to, we get to. Well, okay, we get to, but we have to want to. Yes. I, I hate. That is probably the worst thing that a church, to me, that a church can say. I, I, I get to. Um, no, it's your job to 
figure out how to make me want to be there as well. So that reminds me growing up. In because the- I'll, I'll say this. I want to be in a relationship with Jesus. Now, there's an aspect of I need it. And but, I get to. And. But you want but it's to. Not, but it's not even. It's not even. Uh, the only person that can say I get to is Jesus. Like you get to be in a relationship with me. Ooh, so that's like good because Ooh. like like a pastor, you don't get to say that because you need me as well. Your whatever whatever vision you think God gave you, you can't do crap without without me. You can't even do it by yourself. Like I can try. Like like most yeah, pastors gonna, do and, and burn gonna, out, and you're gonna fall on your face. <laughs> or or they so end up or 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 they end up blaming other people for the failure, right? When it's the other people who just really weren't and on. So and so it's on it's, board. If you if you have a vision, God didn't give me that vision. So you got to figure out how to get me to buy into it. And saying I get to be a part of your vision, um, no. The and, only person that can say you get to be in a relationship with me is Jesus because Jesus does not need us one bit. Everything about this is a gift from him. That's good. And so to say I don't I don't I like you don't have to be here, you get to. Well, I get to go somewhere else as well. And what are you going to do about it? And you're right. It reminds me growing up in a small hamlet called Oaks Corners, New York, in the heart of the Finger Lakes. A hamlet? A hamlet. Yes, we have hamlets in upstate New York. I only know that from Shakespeare. Okay, that's okay. A hamlet is like smaller than even a village. It's like um I would call it um a a small cluster of a community that exists and um and like we had a small little tiny country store. We had a little teeny tiny post office in the front of somebody's house. Um, we um, we it, it was a hamlet. It's called a hamlet. Look it up. So, anyways, in this small little hamlet of Oaks Corners, New York, in the middle of nowhere, we had a volunteer fire department. And if that siren went off that you could hear for miles around, if you were a volunteer fireman and you had the means, you dropped everything, you went to the firehouse, you got into the fire trucks, and you went to help somebody either for a fire or some sort of emergency, and the, and the community relied on your commitment to come and help them. Now, a volunteer fire department operates on contributions and they have to maintain the firehouse they have to maintain the fire trucks they have to uh, maintain all the equipment they have to deal with uniforms and they have to rely on contributions to help them so as a kid it was very common in our area to have annual volunteer fire department carnivals. These things were massive events. We people would literally. Um, we had a, what was called the the fireman's field or the, where the carnival grounds were, and people would would fill up the parking lot, fill up the church parking lot across the road, fill up the farmer's parking lot, park up and down the street. I'm not exaggerating. Literally a mile and walk their way to the carnival grounds. It was jam packed from people from all surrounding communities because all the communities had their own fire department and it became a huge 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 money-making event to help support 
um, uh, some of the annual uh, uh, needs that they had. As well, they would do pancake dinners, and they would get tons of people to come out and buy uh, buy pancakes for a pancake dinner to raise funds for the fire department. They would have different events throughout the year to raise funds for the fire department. And the thing is, is these people were were sold out, lock, stock, and barrel. This is our fire department, and either a I'm in it, and I'm going to do everything I can to help to encourage people to to contribute to what we do, or I understand their vitality in our community, and I'm going to do everything I can to support them, and I'm going to go to that carnival, and I'm going to have a good time, and I'm probably going to drink too much and probably spend too much, but I know it's all for a good cause. So either way, the, the community was a part of it. It was, it was a buy-in. Either, so, either, so, so either you were a fireman or you were doing something to support the fireman. Yeah, it was an all-out buy-in. All out buy-in, and and the reality is is I have for years felt the same thing about church, and I struggle seeing it. The church, I never forget. Years ago, someone said to me, and it has stuck with me forever. And you've heard me say it many times already, Troy. If your church closed today, would anyone even notice, or would anyone even care? I think I think what you're saying, like you talking about the fire department. I think the easiest for me, I just went to is the church putting out fires or are we just singing out, putting out fires while we're letting things burn to the ground around us. Well said. And and I'll just drop this uh, shameless plug. Um, Troy and I are having discussions on how to get a very prominent mayor in one of our podcasts. So be praying. We're not sure how we're going to do it yet, but that prominent mayor is dealing with fires in his community. And, um, and, and it deals with the whole, uh, racial issues of the day. We're just going to leave it at that. And hopefully we'll get this person in our podcast because he's, he's putting out fires or he's trying to, I think, isn't that right, Troy? Well, from from the stories, it seems like he is putting out fires, and so so this is and so where's the, the church putting out fires? So, so the the context to it is in this community, with everything going on with people of color and police departments. There's a there's a city where a black man was shot. Was he killed? Mm-hmm. So he was killed by a cop, and they had protests, all peaceful. But, Yes, and it was different than other places. And somehow, now in all places, there were peaceful protests. And then you had idiots coming in and and taking advantage of those protests to loot. But f- for some reason in this city, somehow it stayed peaceful. Throughout. And then, and then... And they didn't even get the outcome they were looking for. And right. it still stayed yes. peaceful. Yes. And so so in all these other places, they didn't get the outcome. So there was a riot because of what happened. And then there were riots based on a derelict of duty or justice somehow. Somewhere. It just seems like something was, was wrong. And so violence became the answer in other places. But yet in this town, you like it didn't go up in flames. Yeah. And sadly, we all know the media is pretty much the devil. Yeah, and the media the wouldn't media even didn't. capitalize on the fact that this was peaceful. It was it was orderly. Um, it was calm. There was no one that wasn't newsworthy. So, so somebody in this town, whether it be the mayor or 
um, the community itself. Or collaboratively with key leaders. Somebody's putting out fires. And so go back to the church. Are are we putting out fires? Do we even see the fires that need to put? Are we even there for each other? And 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 I think that's the biggest thing because I go back to that that concept of the volunteer fire department. Um, even if you weren't part of the fire department, you, you had strong relationships with the fire people in the fire department. It it was very relational, and and so you and I we talk um, about a whole list of stuff that that um, our current church has that may be doing well or not doing well. It doesn't matter which one's doing well or which one's not doing well. But we listed a whole bunch of stuff, like like a community dinner, uh, with prayer team, small groups, uh, uh, music small team, groups, production, music team, team. production team. Um, Just anything you can possibly Kids, know. church, nursery, supervised, yes. youth. Um, I don't know, there was at least 20 maybe on there. What else yeah. was on there? Um, it's a lot. A lot. Pretty much anything you could think of. Yeah, that, that we thought that we should be doing or it's on our agenda. And the question is, is is let's start with what what should we really be doing? And and, and, and here's something interesting. So uh, um at the top of our list was we had Sunday worship service and then we had discipleship small groups. And and Troy posed me posed this question for me. He said, because um, we had a whiteboard charting this out, trying to understand direction and everything. And he's like, well, well, what on that list, biblically speaking? He likes to throw that out. Biblically speaking, say it for me. Biblically speaking. Yeah, biblically speaking. Well, well, well Jim, Jim, uh, biblically speaking. I mean, because so, it, it it has to come from. If I'm building all of my life on this book. I'm going to go back to it to figure out what I should be doing. And for me, it's, I understand all the technology. I understand all of that. But if the church in Acts was growing exponentially without technology, my question is, is it necessary? And so, and so. Because like, like, and call me um, an extremist or whatever. But if God can create all of this just by speaking it, if that's what we believe, and then he took a turn and decided to get down on his hands and knees and create us, but it was still out of nothing. Was that ex nihilo? Is that what it is? Just to put out some theology? Sure. But out of nothing. And so I'm told that I need to have a social media presence. And so when we we talked about that, but but then what what I backed up and says Troy everything on that list, in my opinion, there's only one thing on that entire list from a biblical perspective that should be our greatest priority, and that's discipleship small groups. And uh, I would have to push back. I don't think it's small groups. I don't think I, small I call groups it is. small groups just because I I think when it comes to having a a disciple, a discipleship group. You don't want to get so large that you lose relationships. So I use small groups more as an as an adjective. So I would just say, for me, does that make sense? It does, but because we have curriculums and 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 um, boundaries or whatever to small groups. I'm just saying. Yeah, it's, you're right. It's it, just, it, yeah, it's it, just it, discipleship. 
So, so the, and I, but, but go back to, I think that's the priority, whether you call it discipleship small groups or just discipleship groups. It, that's the priority. No, 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 no. So, no, I'm talking about the ministry of small groups. Is that necessary? Is that Bible? Here's my point. The last thing Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew, go make disciples. In small groups. Using go, small groups. Go make disciples. That's what I'm saying. So does it have to no. be done through small groups? Well, I think that what you see in Acts, they, they, it, uh, the answer would be yes. It, it's, def, it's, it's, it's described in small or, groups because, because, wait, 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 because it says, and this is now I'm going to read from Acts, and it's chapter 2, which to me is the um, only, and, and I know a lot of pastors who feel the same, it's the only description of what church looked like in the New Testament as far as, as, far as um, a format. And it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of the bread, and to the prayer, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe. Many wonders, miraculous signs were done by the apostles. Here's the key. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. The whole fact that they, this is in Acts chapter 2 at the the end of Acts, the whole fact that they met continually in their homes, you can only fit so many people in your home. So in the concept of church, that's a small group. No, so this is what I'm saying. There's no curriculum to that. That's just... Correct. So I'm saying, so small groups, I feel like we can't use the word small groups anymore because it's Because it's got its own stigma now. Yes, so I'm just saying... It's just community, community and discipleships. As I was tasked with small groups, and just to be honest, I feel like I'm failing at it. But out of everything, the thing that I keep hearing from God is just have people at your house. Yeah. And it's not like, like just hang out. Like, there's no... There's no curriculum to it. Now, how? Do, but the the and question just, is, how do you get to that point? Because one of the things, you just, you, no, I'm sorry, this is me. This is, but I think what you just said is the right concept. So, how do we get to it? I just invite somebody to my house. Yeah, but how do we get others into that? Is the problem? I because no, it starts with it starts with me, right? So remember what we talked about several times off tape that that w- when you have a church that has all these things supposedly in place and you realize well what's the greatest priority and then and then i've been the greatest, asked the greatest priority what i think my generation is looking for is just community yes but then without without any strings attached correct but then we inherit something that's the hard part what do you mean we in, what do you mean we myself you whether this immediate location or whether through 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 uh, different circumstances in our life, so we inherit a church structure concept with buildings and electricity and utilities yeah. and technology okay. and services. We inherit it, and because we inherit it, now this is where it gets dicey. Because we inherit it, and and because. It's all here because of people's 
funds, not mine. I contribute like others, but it's not my money. It's the people's money. And and we have declared it to be consecrated or set aside for godly purpose. That's a, a very brief explanation of consecration. We now have declared this property, this building, all its assets, everything we do to be for godly purpose. So at what point at what point do you do you not have what you have? Because because if the, God tells you to okay. turn the direct so God's okay. purpose is what God wants me to do with it. Okay, so, so, if God so now says, you're dealing with individual. So now you're dealing with individual motive and group. What do you mean motive? What? Because individually, you you said it earlier. Individually, every person can say, "Not my vision. I'm out of here." And you're right. But then collectively, you have a group that you're trying to keep connected to, to to, to what we believe is a, a a more firm understanding of building Christian relationships and having an impact in our community, and and the old adage, you know, you can't turn a semi too quickly; it'll yeah, but overturn. Like, but like, but like the buy-in, you, we're but, turning we're turning a big boat. But with but with the buy-in, I'm also trying to figure out how much of that buy-in is on me. Yeah. Like as the leader, how much of it is like God is good enough to market himself. Yeah. So if I do what God is telling me to do, he's going to bring. So then what do you do with, what do you do with when you're in the organized group? What do you do with the organization without killing the organism? Because from that analogy, our Christian life together relationally is a living organism. Unfortunately, unfortunately, what we've inherited in our particular culture in this country is developing organizations and our our personal characteristics of a healthy church is 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 the grounds are kept, it's it's modern, it's up-to-date, everything's fresh, it looks clean, um, it's thriving with people, the coffee's piping, um, I'm, 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 I'm welcomed at the Welcome Center, I, I'm, 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 I'm comfortable. I'm made extremely comfortable. I drive by it, and, and I don't know the church, but I can tell, now that's a thriving church. And why? Because it has all the earmarks of a nice building with a full people. parking lot. Got pretty people walking in and out. Um, it, it Parking lot's full. Um, there's activities. And, and is that really the mark of a healthy church, no. or is that the mark of a healthy organization? It's the mark of a healthy organization. And so how do we cross over without condemning just, those that are doing that? I just said that like you say it. I don't say organization. I say organization. But you... Well, all right, real quick. You, It bothers me when you say industry because you say industry and it just bothers me a bit. You Indust- just say it differently. Well, you know... I just say industry and you say industry. Well, you know, so, so my daughter and my friend Sarah and... And a couple others pick on me because of the way I say peanuts. It's just I'm from New York and peanuts and donuts, and they're like, and you're one of them too because you've said it. Go ahead. It's we're it's not getting edited out. Say it. What? What am I saying? Peanut. Peanut. Yeah, and donut. Donut. Yeah, exactly. So why do you pick on me because I say donut? Donut is not that big a deal. Peanut, when 
It, okay, so Sharon in the office says, "Open the window." Yeah, that ends with an A. But I've heard other people say window. I I haven't heard anybody else say industry. Industry. Yeah, industry. What? What do you say? Industry. Yeah, industry. Indu- you you put emphasis on the D U. My emphasis is on the I N. Industry. Industry. Is it depot or depot? Like Home Depot, or is it, or is it, or is it a chon, or is it, is a train depot? Depot. Okay. Industry. Industry. Yeah, industry. Okay. It is. If you so, if you had an English accent, it, it'll probably sound better because I love the way English people right. say. Uh, uh, I'm just controversy. I'm I'm just a poor. I'm just a poor farm kid. Anyway, okay. All right, we totally got off base. But the organization of church, I don't want to condemn. I don't want to condemn large churches. I'm not. No, but I'm not but, trying to but, condemn it. But I am. But I am going to question. But you if know, that's I God. agree with you and many other young people. Is 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 that church? Sorry, hold on quick. Hold on quick. Hold on quick. Why can't we condemn it? If it's not biblical, can we condemn it? Are they preaching in Jesus' name? That question was rose to Jesus when the couple disciples came back and said, "Hey, Jesus, these dudes over here—they're doing it different than us." And Jesus said, "Are they doing it in my name?" And the answer was yes. And he says, "Well, if they're doing it in my name, leave them alone, uh, uh, because um, a house divided against itself cannot stand. If it was uh, not done in my name, we'd have a problem." So the reality is, is that was addressed. There will okay. be people who, and, and here, and here's the thing. Just like because we talked about communication. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, quick, hold on, quick. Is there a difference between preaching and like doing ministry? So I can do some. Can can I? An extreme, just to get my point across. Can I kill somebody and say I'm doing it in Jesus' name and it'd be okay? I doubt it. So can you be doing something wrong in Jesus' name? Yes. So were they doing something wrong? Because when you do it in Jesus' name from a biblical perspective, which is what we miss, it's not, oh, this is in Jesus' name, so let it be done. Um, from a biblical perspective, you you are doing it in the full enhancement of who Jesus is and what he represents and what his desires is for humanity, so, and that's what we miss. So could Jesus, in his divinity, have known, okay, those people are not malicious. You just, you, you just want to do something different than... Sure. And so we look at a lot of large churches, and they're not necessarily malicious. Some are, and some aren't. And some of it you never know without being on the inside. And so it, a, a lot of this goes back to, like you always say, when I try to come up with something that's wrong with the church, you always say, in your experience. Yes. Exactly. Because now one of the things we talked about was communication. And is social media platform actually important to the church? Well, my response is our culture communicates primarily through social media channels, just like this podcast is a form of social media. So therefore, it's important to the church. It's not the thing. But it's important because that's the way we communicate. But if I'm in 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 a in a remote area of 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 Ghana, Africa, out in the Etububa region where I've been before, 
and and they don't have this type of technology, then no, there's got to the, the communication is different, just like the music's different. You you told me once about a podcast you heard from Chris Kane, and I've talked about this very concept as well that that you can't go into a community and bring your bring your uh, your your generators and your amps and your speakers and all your gear and put on this great wonderful worship music sound show and teach them these wonderful songs and then leave and expect them to worship musically the way you just presented because when you leave they 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 have a couple of drums and 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 in the reality what'd you say we heard chris kane say so she was saying she she went to i think it was china but she went somewhere and it was not well off as the western world and they were it was their praise and worship what we consider praise and worship and she said she felt the Holy Spirit like never before. And then afterwards, because Christine Kane is famous and she's from Hillsong, they were asking her, well, what do we need to do better? And deep down, she was just like, I need to be learning from you guys. And it's, uh, they didn't have everything that we have, but yet they have what we don't have. Yeah. And so and so now uh, mixed in the dilemma. Did I say that right? Yeah. So now mixed in the dilemma, you you have an inherited form of church, right or wrong. It's what what we grew up in. We have a drive to see church different. We have a mixed emotions of what looks healthy versus what doesn't. And then you deal with another key issue: is is compensation. How do you compensate? Good teachers. The Bible says you should. Should, as a matter of fact, it says um, a, a a a good good. It says a good servant's worthy of his hire. It says a good teacher is worth a double portion. So so in the conglomerate of things, how do you compensate? Let's say, not only in what we think is the church organization and how it functions, but now say we didn't have buildings and we didn't have assets and we did meet locally and we did um do yeah, things but, collectively but, as a community but again how do you about, how but, do you compensate those you who are go but then but then you have to go into what jesus mean by what he means by compensation because and what, here in and america, what paul and what paul means by a because good here in america worth double, we're double mean, a portion yes but here in america that means uh i need to have a tesla if i'm good at giving the if i'm good at preaching well to some I'm one. I had this conversation interesting recently. Who did I have this with recently? It was just this past week, and I'm trying to think of the name, and I wish I could throw it out there at you. I'm not going to because I can't think of it. But the reality is, is this. Oh, it was my. It was one of our super elders, Bill, very wise man. He's 86. I'll like 86? No, he's 89. 89? He's a legend. And, and yeah, he, and he functions he, he, like he's a, a six, robot. Yeah. He, he's a robot. Yeah, Bill is a gem. And we were talking about, again, preachers and assets and, and those with a lot of wealth, and him and I are kind of on the same page. I, I think a pastor should be... Uh, if he's doing his job well and he and and he's and he's educated and and he's not leading people down a, a bad road, I th I think he should have a decent house, whatever that means in your community. I don't think he needs to be in, uh, housed like a millionaire. I don't agree with that at all. I think he should have a decent 
uh, a functioning car. It can be a nice car. It doesn't have to be a, a Tesla. It doesn't have to be a Cadillac. It doesn't have the b- bells and whistles. And it certainly better not be a Mach-E Mustang because that's not really a Mustang. That's just a little side joke we just threw in there that um, we have a friend that got a Mach-E uh, Mustang. It's fully electric. It's a Mustang SUV, which is an impossible thing. I just don't even, it's crazy that they, but just because you put a pony emblem on it doesn't make it a Mustang. It doesn't, yeah. <laughs> so anyways, um, don't get him a, a Mach-E Mustang. I don't think he needs this 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 super commando uh, truck to run around in. I don't think he needs some big some big Humvee to drive around in. I don't think he needs to have, have the, 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 it, or or if he has it, it shouldn't be from the church. Like if you got yeah. your own side hustle, I don't care. Like do what you want. Yeah, but at the same time, if it's if if it's on his own, is it the church income? I mean, that's crazy. How? But he also, but but still, in your lifestyle, I would say you still need to match who your people are. I think, like, if you're, I think if you're, you're reaching, I think your pendulum should be in the center. You should be, you should be, you should be living the the average life of the average people in your yes. ministerial community. Yes. If I was again in Ghana, Africa, um, I would have a, a modest bungalow with, with with a shared bathroom detached. I mean, and that would be nice living. It really would be. Uh, I've been in a compound in India, India, uh, many, many times in in, in Chillicaloo, and um, they have a it's a it's an orphanage compound, and they have a a, a guest house for uh, where 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 visiting pastors and teachers um, come and stay, and and we have one room and a common kitchen, and um and and it's it's enough. It's enough. But go back to our country. What's enough? I, I think of Rick Warren and all the money he made on his book, Purpose Driven Church. But but um, he he never drew money from his church once that became successful. And it became so successful of book that he paid back his previous uh, compensation from the church. And he never left his modest ranch home that he had lived in for many years. It wasn't the purpose for him to get rich. And yet he has all he ha- all has all he wants. And, and we have it, it, so many, quote, successful churches, unquote, because I'm, 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 I'm kind of getting a little hyperbolic here. Um, so many successful churches are marked by pastors who 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 have the most expensive watches and the most expensive cars and the most expensive homes and 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 and, and eat at the most expensive restaurants and I'm sorry that's part of the problem is it preachers with sneakers or preachers and sneakers it's a it's a this dude started it was just joking he was jo- he was joking around and he started a he has a social media presence and it's just how crazy, how extravagant the outfits of pastors are. Like you have pastors wearing like a three thousand dollar jacket to preach, and it's like, why? Why? Like, like literally, why? I have in my possession, for the first time in the past couple of years, I have a thousand dollar suit. However. I didn't pay anywhere near $1,000 for that suit. It was the special that they have once a year at the suit factory. I'm not giving you the name. You can probably figure it out. And it was the clearance rack. And I got the $1,000 suit for $150 and another $60 tailoring. And I thought, 
Okay, I'll buy it. I got a nice set of threads. I use it for special occasions, weddings, funerals, that kind of thing. But I personally could not see me going to buy a thousand dollar suit and paying a thousand dollars. It's just not in my psyche. It doesn't make sense to me. But now let's go back to part of the problem. We we talked about the the material end of the problem with the church being an organization instead of a living organism. Let's let's put the material part aside. When we talk about all these other ministry um, um, initiatives within the church, whether it's kids church, youth group, men's group, ladies group, prayer team, dinner team, community team, uh, food distribution team, helps team, uh, host team, production team, music team, uh, the list goes on and on team. Now, the other end of the stick is we talked about the the material expense. Now you're dealing with the human expense. And and in and, and, and the aspect that if you're going to have all these different functions, well, now you do need people to lead teams, and you need people on teams, and you need people to pony up. And now you're getting people that you need a commitment from because you're going to do certain things from that ministry initiative that requires boots on the ground, so to speak, and you need people committed to that. And that's where if people feel obligated and in bondage, they burn out, and then you end up with a handful of committed people who complain that they don't have other committed people. Now I go back to the fire department. Why is it the volunteer fire department is so successful getting so many people in the community involved with their fundraising initiatives? Because it's necessary. Because they see that the fire department's going to be there when they call. Exactly. Booyah! Like, like... You know what too many churches... Like, I'm just, like... I'm I'm one of the leaders on the music team. The music team in and of itself is not putting out fires. What I mean is what I mean is so we have a guy on the music team. He's phenomenal musically. But the way he's putting out fires is not by singing. He's putting fires out by also cooking for the community dinner. That's how he's putting out fires. Me singing on stage Sunday morning, I'm not too sure how many fires that's putting out. Because to me... And the- until people believe that, that that Sunday morning music experience is extremely valuable to them, you're right. You will not get the support. And that's, again, well, is it necessary? The answer is no, but it's the system we've inherited. So how do we either shift how we do church or or engage people it, that want in a way they want to be engaged or mix of both i don't know so for me i would say it it's determined by the state of the church so like if at some point so let's say if let's say my arm like i got like i got cut i got a cut on my arm and it's infected. I think at some point you're going to get to the point where you just need to cut that arm off because it's gone past the point of... Because you haven't maintained it well. And is that a drastic thing? Yes. But if you don't cut it off, that poison of the infection is going to get everywhere else. And it's... Will you... Like, you're going to have to do... You're going to have to live life differently if you don't have an arm. Or you're going to die if you keep a poison arm. 
in our conversation before this that drew that we we pretty much ran to the studio after what we were talking about. Like we ran to the studio and was like, oh, this is a podcast. And during that conversation, um, you said I was talking about the different ministries or whatever, and for a number of years now, I felt like God has just been saying, get back to the basics. And then you say, yeah, but you can't just pull the rug out from under people. And so I would say it's a drastic measure to just cut some stuff out. But if it's poisoning the rest of the body, maybe it's time to cut it off. And so we go back to some of the questions we had. Um, If Sunday morning worship collectively is a priority in a group, in a building, then is having a supervised nursery a priority? It's a good question. Some places around the world, the babies cry in the service and nobody's offended. It's a good question. Yeah, we're offended because it makes us uncomfortable. Just like, do I have to have my kids go to kids' church? Some people are going to say that's a priority. I don't want my kid in kids' church. He's going to. I don't want my kid in the adult church. He's going to get bored. I'm just saying that's how these things start hammering out. I mean, I get that, but also part of it was like I was in. Give him a coloring book. Let him color. Right. So I. I, I <laughs> no. 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 Legit. Legit. I grew I remember, up going to church. I don't remember going no, to kids' church. I remember. We had, we had kids church, um, in the morning, but this is back in the time where you had morning services and night services on Sunday. Your um, church, yeah. Well, I figured I, I feel like back in the day that was a common thing. Your context was that well, that wasn't common. In some context, oh, I just felt like so. Anyway, See, that's the deal. Yeah, all right, so yeah, but we're not getting on that one today. Um, but at Sunday night service. I did my homework on the floor, and it and it wasn't a problem. And it, so I remember I I do that there was one time where I got in trouble at 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 school, and it was one of those things where the punishment was like you got to write this out two hundred times or whatever. I did that, like laying on the floor in between the rows. I was writing out my punishment, and it was just like. Like just so much of it, I'm just like so. Go- is, if it's if it's not in the Bible, you're right, and none of that's in the Bible. But what is in the Bible is they met in, together in the temple courts. That's that's um, that that that's um, um, you can say is the same as us meeting for our Sunday worship, and then they met in each other's homes. That's um, the same as meeting together in a small group environment, and, and other than that. You're right. They 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 submitted to the teaching of the apostles, now, people who like, were. Uh, now I'm who, just thinking, like I'm I'm thinking, like if we just met. So let's say we had a group of friends who met throughout the week. That means at least let's say we let's say there was a group of people who let's say it was like five people. It was like five group, like five families or whatever. And we each picked a day to have somebody at our house and eat dinner. 
Okay, so that's now, fi- like that's but, five okay, meals. But now, where comes the nourishment of the word? See, that's the part they met to eat with each other, and they were feeding on the word of God. They weren't just eating meals. So, so here comes which is the key part of they submitted to the apostles' teaching. So, so who is who is um, who is the source? Or we'll start with who's the oversight for what they're learning. And then next, what's the source of that oversight? And that's how that's how denominational structures b- really break out. I mean, we started with one one line of how the faith is worshipped and how people are taught, and then we had the Great Schism, and we had to break up between the uh, the the Eastern Orthodox and then the Catholicism. We were talking about that earlier. And then this week. and then comes the, the 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 Reformation, and all of a sudden, out of the Reformation comes a whole new splinter of denominations. Yeah. But let's go back and to the it, great but, schism. But the reality is, is all, no matter how you look at that timeline, there's still, and I believe this to be strongly biblical, there still is a need for oversight in the teaching of the word in order that it's taught as correctly as can be. And then the question is, what's the source of of that oversight, because the source of the oversight should there should be levels of accountability for the teaching, and that's a lot of what Paul was dealing with in the New Testament. Was listen, guys, there's some rogue teaching out there. There's some things that are being taught a little bit adrift. I need you guys to stay focused on some of these key components of who we are as Christians. Paul taught about about really what it was like to be a Christian. What are our characteristics? How do we function in our community? How do we function with each other? It wasn't how do you do a church service. But these these meetings that we've created now called church services really become a, a, a consumer driven environment, and 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 our lives really changed. Our people really changed. Our people really oh, I have Jesus, and Jesus loves me. People's and Jesus lives takes are care changed, me, but and... people's lives are not changed. Very rarely are people's lives changed in the middle of a service. And th- I would say this. I will say this. I think when lives are changed in the middle of a service it's like that scripture or that story with peter and he was preaching and the holy spirit just fell because god was like all right peter you're just you're just in, you're just in the way and i think me personally i've never had like a mm, there was only one moment where i had like a really huge moment in service. And that was because there was a little bit of freedom for the Holy Spirit to move. And outside of the Holy Spirit moving, was it the music? No. Was it the preaching? No. It was a moment of somebody praying for me and allowing the Holy Spirit to move. And the Holy Spirit is what is what impacted me. But then go back to the idea of relational teaching. When it comes to our faith, Titus is a great example. I call it the Titus principle, the whole idea of when you come together and why you come together. Titus breaks it down even with a male and female. And, 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 he, and, he, and he says, this is Titus 2, he says, he says teach what is, a, is in accord with sound doctrine. Well, now you need 
a source that's going to help validate the sound doctrine. That's like, okay, wh- who's the person, who's the oversight, and what's the source of that oversight? And then it goes on, teach the older men to be temperate, worthy of respect, self-controlled, sound in faith, love and endurance. Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanderers, addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Then they can train the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, be kind, subject to their husbands so that no one will malign the word of God. Again, how are we going to know if we're maligning the word of God? There's a source of the teaching, or first of all, there's an, there's, there's an oversight, there's a, there's, there's a place that that teaching comes from. What's the source of that teacher? And this is how this whole church structure really started to perpetuate. Maybe we are correct that it's not perpetuated well in our current Western culture of these great giant cathedrals with all these great programs. Maybe they're not so bad if they're done right, but but likewise, you go into other parts, remote parts of the world, and, and they don't have the ability to build a cathedral. They don't have an ability to have all these amps and guitars and, and, and all this production and cameras, but they're learning to do church well, and they're learning to trust God, and they're learning to have an impact in their in their social groups known as community and they're learning to have an impact with the communities that that are around them and 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 so again verse 6 in Titus 2 similarly similar similar I'll get it out um, encourage the young men Likewise. to be <laughs> to be self-controlled in everything set them an example set them an example that's the teaching moment and setting the example is doing life together mentoring people having people in your life the one of the greatest things uh, the, the, that we avoid that's that's crucial if you want to know what church really is about, is vulnerability. And a lot of people go to church and go home and never communicate during the week and, and socialize during the week with other Christians because if they did, they would be vulnerable and heaven forbid somebody know how I really lived. Oh, because the church is not going to accept that. And that's the problem. We say we accept everybody all the time, no matter what they're going through, as long as we don't know what you do during the week. And so we create these these safe havens of I can go worship together and then go live privately because I don't want to be vulnerable. That's just my my perspective on it, okay? And it says, in, and then it goes on to say, in your teaching, show integrity, seriousness, soundness of speech that cannot be condemned so that those who oppose you may be ashamed because you have nothing bad to say about us. This, this Titus chapter two, I'm going to go there. I'm going to go there. It, the next step is something that our culture does not understand because, this, because the bad stain of slavery in in our country and and in in the and it's same with England and but but it's in the Bible but it's misunderstood because it goes on to say teach slaves to be subject to their masters and everything and people oh oh the Bible's wrong it, it teaches that slavery is good slavery it says that, that's not in context the reality is that that people oftentimes in scripture were voluntary bondsmen to masters and and some of them decided they wanted to do it uh for the rest of their life. And the reality is, is that, that God opposed the industry of slavery. And it was obviously evident when he freed his entire people from Egypt. Thank you. I, I, like, I'm just get on my soapbox real quick. When people are saying the Bible didn't say much about slavery, the whole story starts with a big exodus from Jesus, like God saving his people from slavery. And I'm just like, 
it's an entire book about it. It's called Exodus. Yeah. And I just don't understand why. And so when Paul writes this, he's not endorsing slavery. He's talking about the fact that there are people who are in bondage uh, and oftentimes voluntarily toward others. And he's talking about respect to the master, respect to the person over you. The reality is we are slaves to our government. We are slaves to the laws that our government puts in place. We're just we're just so fixated on the stain of the industry of slavery in our country that we're missing the big picture of what Scripture is actually saying when it comes to be respecting people of authority. And it says in verse 11, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly possessions and to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in the present age while we hope for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God. God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to prefer, purify himself, a people that that are his very own, eager to do what is good. That's the bottom line. Um, and then the last verse, so key, the, these then are the things you should teach. Encourage and rebuke with all authority. Do not let anyone despise you. So the thing called church is, is, is we need to be teaching in our relational communities, but what's the source of our teaching? Because there needs to be a credibility factor. Go back to verse one. You must teach what is in in accord with sound doctrine. And of course, my favorite in this whole whole Titus thing is in 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 chapter three. It says, "Avoid foolish controversies and genealogies and arguments and quarrels about the law, because these are unprofitable and useless. We argue about stupid stuff." So what are the characteristics of church? What's the priority? Hold on, real quick. Real well, if quick. you can't man a nursery, it's not a priority, is it? I'll say this. Does that verse prove that... Because I wanted, I wanted to touch on the, the Great Schism. The Eastern Orthodox has not changed. If In essence, the Eastern Orthodox uh, practice of their faith has maintained pretty much the same... Uh, um, format throughout history, and they have not splintered. And I would say that, although there is like the there is the, the Greek Orthodox and the Polish Orthodox, etc., um, but they essentially have their services and form of worship and belief systems still the same. They've and, gone through development, though. And after, and for us, that once that broke off, and then it went it went to Catholicism and Eastern Orthodox. And then from Catholicism, you have Roman Catholic and Protestant. That was the Reformation. And then from Protestant, the Protestant movement, began. you have everything else. We got all kinds and of different so, denominational and structures. I would say it's countless because non-denominational is just I want to do my own thing. Sometimes, most of the time. But and so this is what I'm saying. Does that verse prove that? A lot of our denominations are unbiblical because it's like, uh, you you split over something that's not that well, important. again, we're dealing with what's the authority of the teacher. There are some teachers over many denominations who have had years and years and years and years and years of study of theology and biblical and uh, church history who um, present very well their position on why their denominational slant is 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 good and healthy so they have a good argument and and, and so at the end of the day i don't need to 
argue my position to win people. I just need to be comfortable with my position and know why I stand where I stand. Because at the end of the day, I'm a firm believer that people of all these different denominations, we're all going to sit at the same banquet table in heaven. Yeah, but isn't that, isn't that table supposed to be here as well? Well, you know, there's one thing that has not yet happened in all of history. And that's the restoration of the 12 tribes. And when that day happens, we will have a day of perfection. But I know that Jesus made sure that there was 12 apostles. And those 12 apostles, he said, would rule over the 12 tribes and pass judgment over the 12 tribes uh, of Israel. And that day is going to happen when we come to the conclusion and, and and there's a new heaven and a new earth. And you're right. It would be nice if we could live that way on earth. But the reality is one thing has not yet happened, and that's the full restoration of the kingdom of God. And so until that restoration is here, how do we, not how, to you, what's most important about a church? Discipling. And it's almost invisible in my current culture. It's out there. You can find it. But it's so minuscule in how church is projected. I, 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 I even myself personally starve for discipleship groups. The ability to relationally divide Scripture in a healthy way. And out of that should stem my desire to collectively worship with fellow believers. That whole thing in Titus was you're teaching people in everyday life. And out of that stems a desire, man, let's just get together and worship God. Let's just worship Jesus. And and the whole and the whole historical so, so, concept so, of Sunday so, worship. So should church just in essence, should church just be a party? No. No. What I, sorry, sorry, sorry. I ate that. Sorry. No, no. What I mean. What I mean by you that. You know why I don't like that. What I mean by that is it when you said the focus, because you said the focus is what I got from what you said was the focus should be discipleship. And then out of that, we want to meet corporately. And, and worship then, God together. Yes. And then if. To me, those are the like, no, two yes, essences no. of the church, and then that's and then and then hand in hand with that is how are we helping those in need? And by party, I just mean there's freedom when we come together. Yes and no, because Paul talked about how to do things orderly. There were things in the New Testament that yes, were done yes. out of order, yes. and Paul said, "No, yes. you need to have some order. There's yes. some orderly fashions and yes, how you come together." But what together. I mean is, there's no run sheet. There's order, but Paul, there's order meaning don't do this crazy stuff. And if you're going to do this, do it like this. He's not saying, oh, well, let me you tell you have this. to have this When it done. comes to a church service, and I've gone to churches in other parts of the world in very remote places, as well as many different churches of different denominations in this particular country, every church has a run sheet, whether it's printed or not. It's called a liturgy. Every church functions a certain way 
for their group. They open a certain way. They move to the next step in a certain way. They do their sermon in a certain way. They close in a certain way. They sing their music in a... So whether it's printed or not, the truth is, Troy Garrett, they have a run sheet. They know they're going to start at this time. They're going to know they're going to end at this time. Okay. You know infinitely more about church history than I do. But all of that, is it in the Bible? No. So it can be taken away. But what can't be taken away is an orderly oversight, the biblical concept that there's I'm, sound doctrine, there's yeah, people helping I'm totally direct fine with that. the group. But I'm I'm totally fine with that. And so even But, but no, here's where we're dancing. And I, and I know what you I I'm, I know you agree with me on this, but I but the wording is a little sensitive for me because where you're dancing is 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 there's room for freedom but not total freedom because there still is accountability yeah, no and so there still I mean is, is oversight yes, yes so there's not complete freedom but the parameters come from the bible not what you want to do correct which is why if you go to a church service somewhere else you're gonna look totally different than here Meaning another country, especially remote areas that are not um, um, techno- technologically advanced. Yes, and so what I mean is, in America, sorry, in my context, in my experience of the church in America, far too often I leave church and I'm like... Depressed. Why was I here? Depressed. I didn't didn't meet. Am I right or wrong? Not depressed. Come on. Not depressed. You don't leave depressed and down wondering what the flip was this even about. But when I leave depressed, that's more from me. It's like, it's like, God, did I hear you right? It's not, it's like, man, I I missed, like, God, did I, did I miss something? Um, Because I don't, because I know it's not up to me. Like everything is up to God. I'm just like, God, did I do like I I cherish every moment on that stage. And well, it's it's God, did I did I get in the way of you just because I had a microphone? And and one of the coolest things for me, we did a couple of weeks ago in our church is we had an outdoor service at the park followed by a picnic. There was order, but there was freedom. People say, oh, we should do this every week. You know what? I actually would. But the truth is, people get tired of that because they realize there's now an effort on their part. Oh, I have to bring a dish to pass. Oh, I have to help set up. Oh, I have to help clean up. Oh, I have to help uh, make sure that um, I ha- th- there's napkins. Oh, I have to. And, and the reality is, and, and I would, when people say that to me, oh, Pastor, we should do this every week when the weather's good. I, my response with 100% genuine heart is absolutely. Every week I would do church like this if 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 we could. And I've been to churches, significantly sized churches, not mega churches, but significantly sized churches, where I was I was amazed. They had two services. This is one in Jacksonville, Florida, a Presbyterian church, and it was so welcoming. And I was amazed that they had they had in between the two services a full all out brunch. 
just so that people didn't feel rushed coming or going. So if you came to the morning early service, you go to the same brunch as the people going to the late service. And 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 if you were exiting, there was no hurry. Come on in, take your time, eat, talk to people. If you were going to service, come on in early, take your time, eat, get to know people. And 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 the reality for me is that the the for me what it what is the essential discipling discipling and out of that comes my desire to worship with those people collectively in larger groups and out of that comes my desire to help people who are in need and out of that comes my desire to want to have break bread and eat with these people on a regular basis and out of that comes the ability to be vulnerable enough and real enough with each other that we can actually carry one another's burdens like the bible says that we can share our burdens with one another that we can confess our sins without being condemned and chastised that we can be there to support each other that that we can teach each other, that with a younger can teach the the older can teach the younger, that we can live by example out of that. Instead, what you and I struggle with in our discussions is we see so often we, we want to put together ministry initiatives and there's no one there leading it and supporting it and making it happen. And the truth is, it's just not their priority. So the why are, why, why should that be, be, uh, uh, um, um, placed upon the church leaders as a priority if it's not the priority of the people in the pews. And it shouldn't. And so Booyah. And we're probably a little bit over an hour. So with all of with all of this we have said today and some other podcasts, it can seem like we're pretty down on church. But we're not. So so my question we're for just you, in, we're just my question for you is <laughs> expressive. My question for you is, how hopeful are you for the church in our context? How you mean you and I personally, where we are now, or in general, this area in, in, with the in, in people general. of this? In general, how hopeful um, when you when you see the issues that the church as the organism has? I think you're going to continue to see a great divide between those who will adamantly support the organization, not realizing that they're supporting simply the organization, and then the great divide between that and those who are going to want to say, let's let's just get simple again and be effective in our community. And I think you're going to see this divide. And I, 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 I wish it wasn't, but I think in my lifetime I won't see anything but that divide get greater. And unfortunately, what I see too often that I fear is going to increase is you're going to see the, the organization, church people, uh, begin to get into significant unhealthy debates with the church people who um, are less organizationally structured, and, um, and that's not good. And something will happen, and I don't know what it will be, but at the end of the day, we're not here to condemn other Christians. We're not here to oppose other Christians. If it doesn't work for you, go where it works. And I want to be in a place where disciple, discipling people is the priority regardless of the format. And out of that, I'm hoping and believing with all my heart that that when you have people who just plain want to be discipled, then you have people who also want to get together on on a specific occasion to just worship God. 
And the reason Sunday was chosen through history was it was it was the celebration of the resurrection of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. So to me, Sunday worship is critical, but it should only be uh, people amassing who want to do life together. Otherwise, it's just a consumer environment, in my opinion. In my opinion. Can a mega church have a relational gathering? I think the answer is yes, but just like Jesus said, it's difficult for a rich man to get to heaven. It's easier to, to for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle. It's not impossible. Of course, it's not impossible for a rich man to get to heaven. Absolutely not impossible. But, but, but the money can get in the way, just like a large mega church environment. The, the money can get in the way. Well, and the organization itself can get in the way. I say it this way. I've said it this way, and I'm okay saying it this way. The bigger the beast, the more it eats. It's just the way it is. If I want a St. Bernard, I need to be prepared to buy a lot of food and have bigger vetvilles and clean up bigger piles of poo-poo. And that's that, in essence, is actually the church. There's nothing wrong owning a St. Bernard. But the maintenance of that St. Bernard is a whole lot different than if I have my little toy poodle in the house. That's just the truth. The people don't like hearing it that way. Listen, we want your feedback. Please. So so get a hold of us at your next podcast. podcast. That's Y-O-U-R-E-N-E-X-T podcast at gmail.com. Your next podcast. Give us some feedback. Or you can hit us up, hit us up on Instagram at oh, on your next yep, podcast. Yep, hit us up there. Um, and uh, give us feedback on this as well as uh, some topics you want to talk about. And um, and season two, uh, we're, um, we're going to um, continue with something whimsical. And Troy says he doesn't like my pony stories, but others listening said they do. So with that being said, I am not going to have a pony story. But what I am going to have is a very, very sad, sad cat story. Can we do that? Am I going to feel bad if I laugh at this sad so we cat story? So we had a lot of barn cats. A lot of barn cats. And some of them were nice enough to let you pet them regularly. Cause they so these them. are strays? No, they weren't. They were all. They weren't strays. They were. They all oh, were born oh. at, on the farm. They're You're using them to keep like, the rats and stuff they, down. They were farm cats. And, okay. You know, and... And too many sometimes, and you'd give them away. But yeah, so I was too young one time, and 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 Grandma, God bless her soul. I, I hope if you're living, in, if you're listening in heaven, please don't cause something bad to happen to me here. Don't go telling Jesus to. But um, so, did she ever know the story? No, I don't think so. But but I but I, I you know how you see in the cartoons where you pick up a cat by the tail and spin it? No. You never saw that in a car. Well, no. okay, you don't have the old time cartoons where yeah. anything goes, but you didn't see the old Popeye where you beat people up and stuff, did you? So, I saw Popeye. I just never seen somebody so, torture a cat. Well, I I didn't think it was torture unless it was at the Sylvester, time. like so, Tweety Bird, so definitely tortured I, that I, cat. I did grab the cat by the tail and and attempt to give it a spin, and when I did, I heard the tail crack, 
<laughs> and and then for the rest of that cat's life, it walked around with the tail instead of being straight up like a cat does. It it the it it, it bent sideways <laughs> like at an angle. And um, my grandmother would say from time to time, "I wonder what happened. What that cat must have got its tail caught somewhere. I wonder whatever happened <laughs> to that cat where it got its tail caught." That's terrible. You swung the cat around like a slingshot. I wanted to, but it. But when I picked it up, it the tail. Um, I yeah, I was a bad kid, and I'm, I'm sorry. Oh my gosh, that is terrible. Yeah, yeah. At least I didn't blow up a toad with 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 firecrackers. People do that. They that's, that's sick. Now that's, that's sick because I wasn't trying to kill the cat. I was. <laughs> I was just a kid going, oh, I'm going to pick up the cat by her tail and look what happens. Yeah. And no, I wasn't, I didn't, I felt I never wanted to hurt the cat. Gosh. But you did. I did. And now you know a secret about Jim Nar and you may never tune in again. Probably not. Okay. We're probably going to lose a lot of followers over that one. With that one. With or that one. You, a did, lot of, you did, you did all, we did all of this work and yeah. you just wiped it all out because I that one story. was cruel to a cat at the age of 10. Terrible. It's mad. I, At ten, yeah, you were old enough to know not to swing a cat. Well, by its tail. At ten, we had so many. Terrible. It. The cat still let me pet him later. Terrible. I didn't mean to hurt the cat. The cat was traumatized. So was I. I'm getting re-traumatized. <laughs> Okay, I, yeah, you're probably you were probably traumatized too because you didn't mean to do it, and then you realize, yeah, and you had to deal with that every day. You had to deal with that every day because you saw that cat and you knew you did it. And every time Grandma said, "I wonder what happened to yeah, that cat's okay. tail," so do you like do you feel free? No, a little bit right now. No. Well, you should feel free because now you confessed it in front of a brethren, and you should okay. be okay. Listeners. Please send in your support on our email to encourage me that I can put this behind me. We're on Instagram, and and please encourage me that this is not indicative of who I am today. Oh, my gosh. All right, guys. Um, thanks for listening. This one was fun. It was very uh, spontaneous. We literally ran to this studio after our conversation. So hope you enjoyed it, um, and we will see you or you'll hear us next time because I, I i'm not looking at you but you're listening to me and us so peace out